the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Bears, bulls, and even black swans. No, this isn't a wildlife sanctuary. You know what we mean. We are the Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. With SRN News, I'm Bob Agnew in Washington. Some tropical weather is greeting parts of the South today. Compliments of Tropical Storm Claudette, which formed up off the coast early this morning and is already making an impact in the form of heavy rains, even some flash flooding in places dotting the coast. Flood watches were in effect for inland parts of Mississippi, Alabama, and Florida as well. President Biden and Russian President Vladimir Putin say they had a productive session this week in Geneva. Former Missouri Senator Jim Talent says he hopes Republicans on the Senate Armed Services Committee share their concerns with the rest of the GOP conference about the need to stave off threats from both Russia and China. The members of the Armed Services Committee and the Defense Appropriations Subcommittee need to make an effort uh, to be communicating constantly with the other members of the conference on this. Because to be fair, if you're not on that committee or foreign affairs, you're not dealing with this every day. And this is Dennis Prager here with my friend Mike Hilborn, owner of Roof to Deck Restoration. Mike, I've seen roofs in the Twin Cities that have many years of life left, but are streaked and stained and look, quite honestly, terrible. Your company actually removes those streaks? Dennis, many people don't know it, but those black streaks and stains are caused by an algae that can be killed and cleaned away. Our process makes roofs look new again. Algae and moss grow on cedar shake roofs. Moss is especially damaging because it actually feeds on the cedar wood and prevents the wood from drying. And when wood doesn't dry, it rots. Cleaning and sealing a cedar shake roof actually extends the life of a roof. Mike, how can people learn more? See videos on our website at rooftodeck.com. That's rooftodeck.com. For a free quote, call 651-699-3504. Call now through Thursday and receive $100 off your project of $1,000 or more. I'm Staff Sergeant Mark Anthony Madrid. Staff Sergeant Smith Cowell. I'm Staff Sergeant Alex I'm Staff Stevens. Sergeant William Lewis, and I am proud to defend my family and our nation. The Air Force Reserve is part of the story of this great nation. I'm grateful that I have a chance to wear the uniform of the heroes that went before me. I'm proud to be part of a team that helps make a difference in the world. Every day, men and women from communities across this nation serve as reserve citizen airmen. Even as technology evolves and changes, our commitment to defend and protect this nation remains steadfast. We celebrate those who have served and those who are proudly serving. We celebrate our proud history and look towards an exciting and uniting future. Our mission is to fly, fight, and win in air, space, and cyberspace. And I am proud to be a member. And I'm proud to serve in the United States. And I am proud to protect our country. Proud to serve in the U.S. Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. Is it his time? Turn all the lights on and kill the noise. The Biz 1440 presents the best two hours of economic news and commentary. It's the King Banyan Show, your source for penetrating economic insight, razor-sharp analysis, and unflinching universal thought. Oh, God, that's all I need. Everything you need to maintain clarity and stay ahead of the economic curve. Let's go while we're young. Now, here's Professor King Banyan. Welcome back, second hour, King Banyan Show, The Biz, 1440. Yeah, I walked out of this office, I walked down the hallway to take a quick break, and um, the air conditioning is only not running in here, it's actually running down the hallway, so maybe I should just move to another part of the building, but then I wouldn't have all my notes about all of what happened (laughs) with the Fed, oh, 
this press conference was really just not very good. I have to let me let me start with this. There was a very good thread. I tweeted it to you. If you follow the show, you want to follow us using the hashtag #PoundKBRS on Twitter, or you can just follow me at Banyan Show if you choose. It is a good it's a good way for you to keep track of the conversation. There's been lots of nice chat this morning. Everybody's everybody's in the in the space and and telling us uh, and, and and talking about the Fed, comparing the, the Fed to a Jedi Knight, um, and playing playing games with us. Um, I tweeted out a piece from uh, a, a thread uh, by Jason Thurmond, who teaches uh, the uh, introductory economics course at Harvard. Was Obama's uh, chair of uh, the Council of Economic Advisors, uh, following the long line of uh, Martin Feldstein for uh, Ronald Reagan and uh, and uh, uh, Greg Mankiw for for uh, President George W. Bush, have also been chairs of the Council of Economic Advisors who have also taught the Act Ten course, the Intro to Econ course at uh, at Harvard. Um, and you might say, well, that just means there's too many people from Harvard who've been, been chair of the council. I'm not going to get a disagreement from me about that. Um, I think they should cast a wider net. Anyway, um, Furman, people will say, you know, God, that guy is pretty, is pretty liberal. Yeah, he is. But I think this is a really well done. And because I think, I think anyone that really does a good job of teaching intro to economics uh, knows how to present both sides of an argument, of an economic argument. I think Furman does a nice job here. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to uh, uh, um, read some of this to you, because I think this is the problem. We do not know. How, okay, when the Fed says it's all transitory, it's all temporary. This inflation. Yep, it could possibly be. Okay. Um, but they, but they, even they recognize, even Powell recognized, we, we could be off a bit. Let me play once more. This is just a sentence from the prepared statement. Cut number two, please, Sean. As the reopening continues, shifts in demand can be large and rapid, and bottlenecks, hiring difficulties, and other constraints could continue to limit how quickly supply can adjust, raising the possibility that inflation could turn out to be higher and more persistent than we expect. So... Jason Furman goes through all of these explanations, right? So if you think about it being transitory, that's because, you know, you've got reopening pains and and so like the used car the used car price story. That that's a story that I kind of think, yeah, that's probably that probably has some value to it. Just because I tend to think that the a significant piece of the inflation we have right now is permanent does not mean that these transitory items are not happening. They're just that I don't think they're all of it. Um, the bottlenecks. Okay. The transitory story says, yeah, these things will work out. They'll be okay. And indeed, um, we're going to talk a little bit about that in just a second. Another piece of the transitory part is, yeah, doors got opened. Everybody ran outside and spent a bunch of money to go do this and that. They bought all the durables they could buy in the second quarter, but um, that's now going to cool off uh, and businesses are, businesses are going to, um, businesses are, are, you know, maybe raise their prices to make up a little lost ground, but they'll back off on that. And even Furman says, yeah, this is speculative uncertain. I'm not really sure. He's not sure he believes that. And then lastly, I will, I will agree with this part. At this particular moment, expectations are anchored. If you look at the five-year, five-year break-even um, inflation rate, meaning the difference, the inflation rate embedded in the difference between the five-year and 10-year treasury inflation-protected securities, the index bonds, if you look at those, though, that five-year, five-year rate's at 2.17 last I looked. That's not too far off, too. It's not awful. It's a little high. And if the Fed want, said, yeah, we think it should be, we, we'd like to run a little bit above 
So yeah, we're at two point one seven. Sue us. I'm like, yeah, okay. I kind of, I, I kind of, I kind of get that. But along with that, I would argue. Okay, Furman then says, look, here are four reasons why it might be persistent. One, housing increases are coming. House prices are up sharply, and they haven't even gotten into CPI yet. Okay. Because the, the so the calculation on uh, rents and owner owned equivalents is all going to be b- embedded into higher CPI readings going forward. And by the way, those get to core; they're not just in they're not just the headline number. Two, businesses are having to raise wages. For those of you that for, for those of you that uh, read or listened to my, our quarterly business report review on Thursday, I've I've posted a link at pound kbrs so that you can find it um it's an hour-long conversation that i had up here in st cloud on thursday um our businesses are that we survey in our quarterly business report report that they are having to pay higher wages they believe that they're going to be able therefore to raise prices over the next six to nine months the impact of higher wages being paid now to deal with the labor shortage probably haven't shown up yet and they're still to come three i still think they're to me okay i agree with Furman. i think demand's still out there um you know and it can't and supply can't keep up why because you have a number of workers who are simply not planning to return to work the number of people 55 and up that are not coming back to work right now is a significant fraction the labor force is likely to be persistently lower over the next several years than it would have been in the absence of the pandemic. That's a supply shock that pushes prices up, and that's not transitory. And then lastly, well, expectations could become unanchored. Could, be, uh, could become unanchored. I don't have a good reason why that happens yet. I can't argue with the Fed and Furman agrees with this. I can't argue with the Fed they say, when they say, well, yeah, but that the five-year, five-year break evens at 2.17. Why, why do you think inflation expectations are anchored? I would say not yet, but they could be. And they'd say, yeah, and they could not be. Because we'll, we got it. We'll fix it, right? You know, as, again, let's play this one more time. Cut number three, please, Sean. If we saw signs that the path of inflation or longer-term inflation expectations were moving materially and persistently beyond levels consistent with our goal, we'd be prepared to adjust the stance of monetary policy. Right. And yet, the Fed seems to not really have a great model for what inflation is doing. So I want you to, I, I ran through the Furman list so to give you context for the explanations we got about what the Fed is doing. Got a little time here. So this is uh, Paul Kiernan. He's a reporter with the Wall Street Journal. He gets to ask an inflation about, a question about the inflation forecast. And I just want, I'm going to play the question so you can hear, hear what the setup for Powell was. So let's play cut number five, please. Your, the, the committee's medium forecast on uh, inflation seems to assume a pretty, pretty tame outlook for the rest of the year. Um, as you know, uh, the three-month annualized rate for the past three months was, um, I think, 8.4% in the CPI. And I'm just wondering sort of how much longer we can sustain uh, those, those kinds of rates before you would get nervous. Thanks. And so he, and Powell responds, it's clear, I mean, he knows he's going to get a question. So he's he's got a story ready, and he, he gives the story, cut number six. So, um uh, the, for example, the experience with uh, with lumber prices is, is illustrative of this. The thought is that um, prices like that that have moved up really quickly because of the uh, shortages and bottlenecks and the like, they should stop going up. And at some point, they, they in some cases should actually go down. And we did see that in the case of lumber. Right. So if you right, lumber prices have come down more than 20 percent off peak. Right. Every. This is a well-discussed topic. I think we may have discussed it on the show last week. Um, and so he gives that he gives that answer, right? And that's the story of, 
you know, and the lumber story is pretty simple. Demand went up sharply. Whenever demand rises very sharply for any good, the first thing you get is an increase in prices because the supply response takes some time. But eventually the sawmills, the sawmills start to produce more, more lumber, uh, more board feet of, of lumber. They do so because additional, additional trees get sawed in force because the price is higher, right? That response takes some time. And so that, that, Big rise and snapback is a normal piece of it, and that's part of the transitory story. He then goes on, and I'm just going to play the next, this is like the next minute and 20 seconds of an answer to this. So he's got that one story, and then he gives this, cut number seven. Another example where we haven't seen that yet is prices for used cars, which accounted for more than a third of the total increase in core inflation. Used car prices are going up because of sort of a perfect storm of very strong demand and limited supply. Uh, it's going up at a, just an amazing annual rate. Uh, but we do think that it makes sense that that would stop and that, in fact, it would reverse over time. So we think we'll be seeing some of that. When will we be seeing it? We're not sure. Um, that narrative seems still seems quite likely to prove correct, though, although, you know, as I pointed out at the last press conference, the uh, the timing of that is is pretty uncertain, and so are the, the, the effects in the near term. But over time, it seems likely that these very specific things that are driving up uh, inflation uh, will, be, will be temporary. Um, and we'll be on, you know, we're going to be looking. We'll be looking at the monthly pricing data. I'll, I'll also say that the, the labor market uh, is going to be important both for the maximum employment uh, uh, goal, but also for inflation. And we'll be looking at that. And, I, and as, I, as I mentioned, we expect, and I expect, that we'll see increases in supply over coming months as the factors that we believe have been suppressing supply abate, wane, move down. So I can't give you an exact number or an exact time. What was that? Okay, that was like, that was like, I'm trying to do math in my head. That was like a minute and 25 seconds. So that's 85 seconds where he never says that the used car prices are going to come down. He just says they've been going up and we think they're going to go down. Uh, he looks at, um, uh, uh, he, he talks about, we're going to be looking at uh, the maximum employment go- labor market's going to be important, but he just keeps saying it's temporary. It's temporary. It's temporary. And I can't give you an exact number and exact time. We get that. But what's your story? What's the theory of the case? It feels like they've stuck pretty much entirely. They've gotten off the, well, there's a change in the base numbers, but they've now gotten to the, it's a bottleneck story. Um, I have more examples of this. Let's take a break here um, just so that I can reset myself because that, I'm still dazed by that answer. We'll be back after this. You're listening to the King Banyan Show on the Biz 1440. sound effect we were going to write something flashy about streaming us at radio.com but considering how easy it is to do we'll keep it simple too listen to the biz 1440 on the free radio.com app we're in this together and we will get through this together the vaccines are tested effective and needed welcome to the clinic with charm get your covid19 vaccine so we can do this and this and this. We are now boarding flight. Together again. Because we got through it together. This message sponsored by the Helmsley Charitable Trust, aired with the Minnesota Broadcasters Association and the station. This is a potter's field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits. No one leaves flowers. But it doesn't have to be that way. 
For as low as $1 a day, you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses. We offer burial insurance plans that pay up to $30,000. Considering the average funeral costs more than $10,000, that's peace of mind for your family. There are no medical exams, your rates won't increase, and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments. Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-8137. 800-323-8137. That's 800-323-8137. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. Does your office need a little TLC? Do you notice your bathrooms are a bit smelly? Are the surfaces in your break room a little sticky? And isn't that the same coffee spill on the floor and chili splatter in the microwave from weeks ago? If so, I've got the solution. Hi, I'm Tasha, owner of Forever Cleaning. We're family-owned and offer affordable, reliable office cleaning all over the Twin Cities metro area. So if your office is screaming for help, call me today. Let's get you scheduled for your free walkthrough so you can receive your free quote at 763-807-9817. If you mention this ad, you'll receive 15% off your first month of service. Again, call 763-807-9817. Or you can visit my website at forevercleaning.com. That's the number four, evrcleaning.com. Remember, forever cleaning is so thorough, you'll wonder if your mom snuck in overnight and cleaned. Hi, everyone. This is Mary Carey from America's number one travel radio show, inviting you to join Robert and me and Rudy each Sunday as we cover the ever-evolving world of travel and explore the world together on RM World Travel. Tune in this Sunday evening at 7. Welcome back. King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440. One side note on the uh, explanation that it's all transitory. That's also the official line coming from the White House. Um, Let's play this cut. Uh, This is Cecilia Rouse. She's the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors for President Biden. She was on a Washington Post uh, uh, podcast or videocast uh, yesterday about something entirely different and then, and then is asked a question about the Fed and whether or, not the, whether or not she agrees with Chair Powell that these things are transitory. And, I, it, and she gave a very long answer that was largely how wonderful the, the White House's um, – uh, fiscal policy has been, but she insert she does say this toward the end. So I just took a little piece of this. This is cut 17, please, Sean. What that means is that demand has come roaring back. It's come roaring back faster than the Federal Reserve anticipated. It's come back faster than I would even argue most businesses anticipated, which means that they are scrambling to find workers. They're also scrambling to put goods on the shelf and to be able to provide because they liquidated their inventories last spring. Uh, liquidating often at a loss, and, mm-hmm. or they power down their own enterprises. And so everybody's coming back at once. That is causing supply chain challenges. Uh, on the worker side, workers now, since we followed a policy of we broke up relationships, people were fired uh, through the pandemic. It means that workers now need to find another suitable position. And there are just weeks from understanding that they can start to get back to normal. Right. So we, th- we are seeing uh, the, what I believe is the kind of a reopening of a nearly $23 trillion economy. Uh, that is a normal process. So at the moment, I believe that this inflation is, is temporary, is transitory as the economy works itself back together, as we knit back together. And that is what I believe underlies the Fed's thinking as well. Well, that, I mean, that's certainly an interpretation. Um, I don't know that I don't, I don't know that I heard that in the answer I played for you just before the break. I can't possibly, um, I can't possibly do, you know what? I'm going to, I'm not going to play that, that previous one before, but I want to just, 
So this happens about 40 minutes later. This is toward the end of the press conference. Um, uh, you can tell at the end of the press conference, they've gone through all the questions. And you can tell there are some questions where, like, the reporter from American Banker is always going to ask a question. It's always going to be something on the regulatory side that you and I are never going to talk about on this show because they're just typically not really interesting uh, unless you're someone that works in the banking industry. For the people in the banking industry, they're pretty important things. But he gets two more questions about inflation and gives two answers that also don't help me. You know, I, I mean, if you thought I'm unfair when I played Cut 7 with the word salad, and please, we're, we can't play that again. I just can't listen to it another time. Um, I got two more that's kind that didn't give me any more confidence let's play let's play this next one this is cut 13 please sean you know i I guess to answer your question a different way is there a risk that inflation will be higher than we think yes as i said earlier you know we we don't have any certainty about the timing uh or the extent of these effects from reopening and we and therefore we don't we don't think that we think it's unlikely that they would uh, materially affect the underlying inflation dynamics that the economy's had for a quarter of a century. The, the underlying forces around the globe that have created those dynamics are intact, and those are aging population, low productivity, globalization, all of those things that, that we think um, have, have, you know, really held down inflation. All that's out there still. You know, when we get through this, we may well we'll be facing those same forces. Nonetheless, uh, is there a risk that inflation will remain higher than we th- than we thought? Yes. Now, I would have thought, upon hearing that, that interest rates would would move higher. I I heard that in I heard that later in the day because I was actually not in my office uh, during the press conference. But I heard that, and I remember I remember at the end of the meeting I was in the, on Wednesday afternoon, going out looking at my phone, seeing that the rate was still at like 1.56 at that moment, saying, yeah, my guess is they'll go higher tomorrow. But they, of course, they didn't, and again, we're stuck. We don't know why. I'm not sure why they're going down. There's There are lots of explanations. But at least in this answer, I hear something that is perhaps a bit of a, bit of a way to think about the model there's a model for low inflation the global savings glut story that bernanke used to tell and the and the secular stagnation story that larry summers who apparently is no longer telling this story as we've heard repeatedly on the show now and i have no summers for you today um but as you look out there what you see is as you look at this, what you see is, um, he says, the underlying forces around the globe that have created those dynamics of underlying inflation for the last quarter century are still intact. Aging population, low productivity, globalization, all of those things that we think have really held down inflation, and that's out there still. Okay, so... You've heard me on the show say I don't believe there's a Phillips curve. I don't, but that's because I believe the Phillips curve moves and shifts and that there's a long-run Phillips curve that is virtually vertical. There's another way in which you can think the Phillips curve doesn't exist because you think it's completely horizontal, that inflation will, will do what it does without any regard for what aggregate demand does, and the only thing aggregate demand can do is affect, affect, affect the unemployment rate and GDP. And if you're in that world, you're just gonna you're just gonna print, 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 print. Because there's no cost in terms of inflation for that. There may there's probably cost in terms of of having more or less and less productive debt out there, which is a story I'm not gonna get to today because I gotta I gotta talk about the tapering conversation after the break. But this is this is um this is part of the this is part of the the issue is i think he believes that and on top of that he's still struggling with this is it transitory or is it permanent question i'm a little you know i'm i'm a little maybe not quite so annoyed as i was with that that answer with in cut seven which was just word salad at least here i can see okay what he's saying is 
we're using discretion. We don't have a trade-off because inflation will stay low pretty much regardless of what we do. He then goes on like less than five minutes later and gives this gives this answer for the fact that he can't figure out whether or not the inflation is idiosyncratic or permanent. This is cut number 14, please, Sean. In the current situation, we have many millions of people who are unemployed, and we have inflation running well above our target. The question we face with this inflation is nothing to do with our framework. It's, it's a, 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 a very different, a very difficult version of a standard investment, sorry, a, a central banking question, and that is how do you separate in inflation, how do you separate things that, that's, that follow from broad upward price pressures from things that, are, that really are a function of, of uh, sort of idiosyncratic factors in a particular, due to a particular thing? I have an answer for you, Chair Powell. Look at market prices. Look at the inflation expectations embedded in the in, in index bonds. Support, help create nominal GDP futures markets. I could tell you whether or not you're on the path for robust growth. If you think the long-run growth rate is 2% and you think is the long-run growth rate of the economy is 2%, which he actually says somewhere else in, in, in this, this transcript, and your target is for 2% inflation, then maybe you should be targeting GDP to a futures market that that uh, says here's what nominal GDP will be next year or next over the next three years, and aim for four percent growth, two plus two. If you can if you can do that, you could get there. There's a way to get that, but you've chosen instead discretion. You've chosen instead to rely on. 18 other, and I'll use the term that Narnfan uses on uh, on Twitter with us from time to time, you and 18 other propeller heads have decided that you're going to be the people that figure out what's, what's transitory and what's permanent. When you could rely on the hive mind of markets, use the collected, the collected information that comes from many, many, many diverse sources, more than the 19 of you can figure out for yourselves, more than the board of governors can figure out for themselves. You could rely on markets to give you that information. You could target a market price. You choose not to. You've even chosen to kick away the Taylor rule and tell us, we'll let you know what we're doing when we're ready to tell you. That, sir, is not not monetary policy as we've ever thought about it over the last 50 years, or at least my last 40 years in this profession. And I dare say it's not really leadership. We'll be back after this. You're listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz, 1440. Are there any Paraguayans here? No? <laughs> well, of course, uh, their request for subsidies was not a uh, Paraguayan, as, in his, as it were. Uh, the United States government would never have, if the president, our president, had not, and as far as I know, that's the way it'll always be. Is that clear? If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com HR. That's bamboohr.com HR. Meet Tim. Hey, what's up? He's the person you hired for your digital marketing strategy. And when he's done battling aliens on his PS5 in his parents' basement, I'm sure he'll get right to work. 
Now, meet the team at Salem Surround. What's Hi there? There? Over 200 digital media strategists with all the current digital tools, resources, and training bringing your business the real results you need. These are the people who are passionate about your marketing success and will work 24-7 to deliver customers to you and your business. So, Tim. Yes, level 12. I'm going to be here all night. Or the team at Salem Surround. Why trust your digital marketing to one person when you can hire a whole team? Nationwide exposure, experience, and expertise. Let our team of experts focus on your digital marketing strategy so you can focus on your business. It's an easy decision. To learn more about Salem Surround, call 651-289-4418. 651-289-4418. Hi, this is Matthew with the Kingdom Builders. I've been thinking lately about the biblical principle of headship. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 3 says, But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ, the head of a wife is her husband, and the head of Christ is God. One way to think about headship or authority is like an umbrella. If you're under a good authority figure, it's like standing under an umbrella during the rain. It's your job to stand under the umbrella, and it's the umbrella's job to protect you from the rain. Biblical authority is like a good umbrella. It won't leak or move, and it provides shelter. Our job as believers is to submit to biblical authority figures God has placed in our life, as long as it doesn't go against God's Word. Here at the Kingdom Builders, we don't sell umbrellas, but we do install shingle roofs. If you have a roofing need or want to talk about God's Word, please give us a call at 612-900-9166 or look us up at thekingdombuilders.com. I've gone for tomorrow may rain, so I'll follow the sun. Well, hopefully they'll follow something. King Banyan Show, the Biz 1440. Thank you for listening today. Um, We are uh, the opening act for the uh, Northern Alliance Radio Network, spanning two stations. Don't forget our sister station, AM 12A, The Patriot where you'll get to hear Mitch Berg this afternoon from 1 to 3, Brad Carlson 1 to 3 tomorrow, both over on AM12A The Patriot. Uh, give them a, You can also find them, of course, on AM12A The Patriot.com. If you missed the first hour of the show today, if you're just tuning in now, whew, boy, um, you, I've been talking about the Fed now for, gosh, going on 95 minutes. And you, you might say, well, I like that stuff. How come I missed it? Well, you can go back and listen. Just go to TwinCitiesBusinessRadio.com. Join the VIP club, which you kind of have to do. Because if you don't do that, then you don't get to go back and listen to all the podcasts that go back quite a while. Uh, And we just invite you to go back and listen to some things we've talked about previously here on the show. Because this sort of should be viewed as a set of weeks and a set of notes. Yeah, it's a continuing series, particularly since this announcement in August of this change in Fed policy, which was in full flower um, this week. Um, so let me go, let me, let me talk briefly about uh, one other part of this, um, which uh, was kind of funny, but let's, um, I, and I'm going to repeat one of, one of these, but I did want to, um, I did want to say that, um, 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 I did want to say that uh, the Fed did do something regarding tapering. Okay, so in the announcement itself, in the announcement, it uh, uh, the 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 opening statement from Pre- from Chair Powell, um, he says this. Play cut number four, please. At our meeting that concluded earlier today, the committee had a discussion on the progress made toward our goals since the committee adopted its asset purchase guidance last December. While reaching the standard of substantial further progress is still a ways off, participants expect that progress will continue. In coming meetings, the committee will continue to assess the economy's progress toward our goals. As we have said, we will provide advance notice before announcing any decision to make changes to our purchases. So the Fed said, and I think this is the part that seemed reasonable to me, that, and and indeed when he's asked about it later on, he basically says, he he basically says what 
and is very, very clear about this. And again, if you heard, if you've been listening to the show the last hour and this hour, you've heard me say this, and I want to be, I want to say it again. The Fed is trying to signal to you about the dot through the dot plot. When do they expect interest rates to rise? But we know the Fed has said we're going to tell you. We're going, we're going, we're not looking at the dot plot really right now. We're not looking at rates. What we're looking at is asset purchases. And he says, and he says this, this is kind of cute, just this very short, shortcut uh, in answer to a question about the tapering part, about tapering in that statement. He says this, play cut number eight for me, Sean. But you can think of this meeting that we had as the talking about talking about meeting, if, if you like. And, and I now suggest that we retire that term, which has is, which is served its purpose well, I think. That was actually profound. And, I, and this is the part where maybe the, the first explanation about what's going on with rates is happening. Because he's now given the signal. Now understand what tapering about, talking about, talking about tapering meant. That, that and it's weird, we have to sort of interpret it as code, but it is somewhat, it's code for the following thing. What they've said is, when we start talking about tapering, we're going to go through a process through which we think through the way, the way in which we're going to do this. So remember, the Fed is adding $80 billion a month in Treasury securities, $40 billion a month in in mortgage backed securities um that are that are federally guaranteed in mortgage backed securities it currently has about 4. Point, I don't think I've got that picture up here anymore hang on just a second let me go pull that up it has 2.3 it has about 2.3 trillion dollars in mortgage backed securities it's got about 5.1 trillion in treasuries, and it's adding 40 a month. It's adding 40 a month in uh, in MBS, and it's or it's adding uh, it's supposed to be adding about 80 a month in T's. It added almost the entirety of the 40 in MBS already. Given what's happening with interest rates on mortgages, given what's happening in the housing market. Saying we can retire talking about talking about means that the next meeting they're going to start making a plan. And um, I ran through this reading uh, the the uh, the uh, dividend cafe the day the the daily cafe that uh, that uh, David Bonson puts out, and I think David nails this right on the head. In this meeting, they're telling you we're starting the process. In the next meeting. They're going to say at the next meeting. My guess is they're, and David's guess is they're going to say we're making a we're, we're talking through the change. Now I always believe that major changes in monetary policy never happen until after they've had everybody together at Jackson Hole. That doesn't happen until August. That's still two months away. So they're going to have another meeting before that. So I don't think they do it then. So I think in September. Two meetings from now, they will announce a process by which they're going to start winding down their purchases of mortgage-backed securities. I do not expect them to change treasury buys at that time for a very simple reason. The market's being flooded with treasuries um, from the deficit spending of, of uh, of, of the Biden administration. And it's likely to get flooded with even more Treasury securities going forward. I therefore think that you're going to get that. So that's September when they start to wind down MBS. And it will be probably five meetings from now, meaning the first meeting of 2022, before I think they're ready to scale back from the $80 billion ad. Now, if you add that up, okay, that's that is eighty billion a month for the next. Okay, so because they got pretty much all they're going to buy for this month already in the book. 
That's 80 times 6. That's another half trillion dollars in treasuries. And another probably $100 billion in mortgage-backed securities before, as they start, start the wind-up of that program. And there's no statement that I believe that they're going to let them run off. I, my guess is they will hold at that level. You will not see a decrease. Now, remember, when the Fed went through the taper tantrum in 2013, and I tweeted out to you a nice piece by Brian West, Westbury uh, that was written back on Monday, okay, so before the Fed meeting. He ran through the history of the taper tantrum and what happened afterwards. And the important point to remember this is that when tapering finally ended in October of 2014, bond yields were already back down to 2.3%. If you go back and all the way to 2019, go back even up to 2019, and you look at where bond rate, where 10-year treasuries were even then, when the, when the balance sheet was pulled all the way back down below $4 trillion, Rates were still in the high twos. So I do not expect there to be a huge run-up in interest rates as a result of the, of the tapering. I don't think that's going to happen until you see the liftoff of, of the Fed rates. That is not coming any time. And I, do, I agree with the Fed. I don't, at this moment, I do not see that happening until the latter half of 2022 at the earliest. Because you're going to need three months just to begin the wind-up of the MBS purchases. Then you're going to need another three months before they're at least before they're going to be ready to start backing off the Treasury purchases. And then that's going to buy them six to nine months of space before they have to start talking about when they're going to lift up rates. So anyone looking at 2023 and thinking that, and looking at those seven dots in 2022 and saying, yeah, maybe interest rates go up even before the end of 2022, I don't see it. Just in the way the, the, the system works, the Federal Reserve system works, they will plot along very close, very slowly. And this is why, this is the nature of my concern. Because they don't have a model for inflation, they may not recognize that the slowness of their actions may be provocative to higher inflation because everyone's like, well, the punch bowl is not going to get taken away for another two years. And if you want to know why I think interest rates have gone down, that's my current explanation. That's my current explanation because they realize, no, you go through all the steps they have to go through before they can lift off rates. They're not lifting off before 2023 at the earliest. We'll be back with some concluding comments after this. You are listening to The King Banyan Show on The Biz 1440. The Biz 1440, KYCR Golden Valley. Learn how thousands of smart homeowners are investing about a dollar to avoid expensive home repair bills. John, a former non-customer, said, My air conditioner broke and I had to spend $1,900 to fix it. Jeff, a customer, wrote, My air conditioner broke and I got a new one at no out-of-pocket cost. Mary, a former non-customer, wrote, My heating system stopped running. I had to spend $3,000 to get a new one. Lisa, a customer, wrote, My heater stopped working. I got it fixed at no out-of-pocket cost. For about $1 a day, you can have all the major appliances and systems in your home guaranteed fixed or replaced with HSC's home warranty coverage. Call now, and the first month is free. If the lines are busy, please call back. 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. That's 800-824-3853. 800-824-3853. 3853. Did you know you were kicking in your mommy's tummy before you were born? We were? Yep, I just learned at school that babies move and kick before they're even born. No No wonder we're so good at soccer. That's right, kids. A pre-born baby is moving about and even kicking just 14 weeks from conception. Hello, my name is Marianne Koharski. I'm the director of Pro-Life Across America. 
If you know someone who is pregnant or in need of information and alternatives to abortion, or you'd like to support the work of Pro-Life Across America, please call 1-800-366-7773, 1-800-366-7773, or visit our website at prolifeacrossamerica.org. Pro-Life Across America is non-political and totally educational. A baby's heart is beating 18 days from conception. Pro-Life Across America, the billboard people. Let's face it, life can get busy. Between work, trips to the cabin on the weekends, keeping your eye on the markets, with everything going on, convenience usually comes at a premium. But Business 1440 is here to make things a bit easier. With the iHeartRadio app, you can stream your favorite shows anytime, anywhere, and it's free. Download iHeartRadio from the App Store or listen online at iHeartRadio.com and stay connected with your best financial partner wherever you go. Business 1440. Have you been charged with a gun crime? Have you lost your gun rights due to an old criminal offense? Have you been denied a permit to carry or a purchase of a firearm? I'm attorney Kelly Keegan, and I can help. Contact us for a free consultation at keeganlawoffice.com. Limitless access to business and investment strategy. Listen to the Biz 1440 with our free app, your smart speaker, or with iHeart. Tune in and radio.com. We live in the Twin Cities and invest worldwide. Now, I know, King Banyan Show, The Biz 1440, I know Sean's not there all by himself, and uh, operations manager John is also in the house doing some training, um, giving Brian a little bit of a break, and so this music is actually his, um, is actually probably got something to do with him, but... Um, so Sean's not only getting trained on the, on the, Sean's not only getting trained on how to operate the, uh, ones and zeros, but he's getting, uh, a little lesson on the music of the show, which is, you know, is very important to us here. I wanted to read this off to you because, uh, because I, I think this is the important, this is an important point. Uh, Narnfan has been very engaged in our conversation using the hashtag pound KBRS this morning. Um, and and the last tweet he put up uh, to me read, if they taper enough for you to get a civilized return on a savings account, every single Western government goes broke. Okay, so that's, that, that's you, you could argue that's hyperbolic. I, I don't know that they'll go broke. Uh, but but I, the point is it will put them in a serious bind. The cost of servicing the debt is a very big question for many of us, including me. It is a very big question. Well, the Fed's not got a bunch of stupid people there. So why would they let this happen? Why is this going on? Again, as I try to suss out what they think the their model is, their model contains these parts. One, a flat Phillips curve that lets them pick whatever unemployment rate they want, in which case they can entertain the idea that they're able to move the unemployment rate in such a way that they can help uh, they can help communities of color. Okay, I, I I I don't have an economic model that explains how that works, but okay. I mean, I just I just disagree with the model, but at least I understand that your your model includes a flat Phillips curve, meaning. There's no trade-off, but the trade-off is not that you – there is no trade-off because <clears throat> monetary policy doesn't really move inflation, which is very interesting because I would argue then why have a dual mandate at all. Um, two, low productivity, demographics, and et cetera mean that that inflation rate is likely to have a long-run average of, of the 1% to 1.5% that we've experienced over the last 20 to 25 years. That, that since the Volcker disinflation of the early 1980s, our concern about inflation has been overwrought and it's checked, it's checked our gro- the growth of employment for reasons that were unnecessary because... We're living in a world with uh, secular stagnation, global savings, whatever. 
Okay. If you believe those two things, I think it. I think you can get to a point where you say to yourself, "All right, then we're just gonna we're just gonna do." I don't think it. I, you know, I don't agree that it should mean you don't have a clear stated policy rule. I think there should be a policy rule, nonetheless. I think there should be a policy rule that's based on looking at market prices for nominal GDP using a futures market or or looking at inflation expectations, looking at the five-year, the five year, five-year break-even or something like that. Something that I can go and look at every day and say, is the Fed hitting their target? Of course, the Fed would r- rather not have you worry about that. They would rather tell you, hey, don't worry, we got this under control, which is what they've been saying all along. But if you don't, but my point and my the, the point that I'm making right now is to to Narnfan is this: it is up for people like me to explain why I believe what I believe, and why I think the model that I that seems to be what the Fed is using. Okay, um, that seems to be what they're using. And say to them, I think that model's wrong. Here's the model of what I think is happening instead. I I think my model's right. Let's have a chat. I think that's possible to have happen. Um, Narn fans tweeting at me right now, okay, and to get someone to talk about a nominal GDP futures market. I would love to find such a person, Narn fan. I'll I'll see if I can find someone that actually knows how to create, who would know what to do with that. Um, someone like like uh, the fellow we got to talk about Bitcoin. I would like someone with that level of expertise. That'd be great. Um, we'll see if we can do that. But I think it's up to us now to explain why the model they're using, which means no Taylor rule, don't pay attention to the dot plot, just trust us, is likely to lead us into a period where we either get very high inflation or we continue to get the lousy one and a half to two percent GDP growth that we've had for the last decade, in that that's just going to continue, and I, that's the argument that we're going to make here. Sean, welcome to uh, welcome to the talk to the Biz fourteen forty. Thank you so much for listening. Everyone, we'll be back next week. This has been the King Banyan Show on the Biz fourteen forty. People looking to buy a new fence in Minnesota are lucky. Lucky because unlike with other types of purchases, when it comes to buying a new fence, the choice has been made so darn easy. Only one company truly stands above the rest and has for a long, long time. Midwest Fence has not only been around far longer than anyone else and thus is far more experienced, they're the largest fence company in the state, which means Midwest Fence has the greatest variety of fence designs. You won't believe the seemingly endless styles you can choose from these days. And Midwest Fence buys in such bulk they can keep their prices lower than other companies. That's why if you're ready for a fence, you're just plain lucky. The legendary fence company that's been making people smile since Truman was president is but a phone call away and ready to stop out and deliver a free estimate. Your turn to smile, folks. Learn more at MidwestFence.com. High school sports are as American as apple pie. And going to a game or meet is a chance to see the stars of tomorrow shine today. But as anybody who's ever attended a high school sporting event in Minnesota knows, you can't have the stars without the stripes. High schools are currently looking for new officials in almost every sport. Who looks good in stripes? Anybody looking for a way to stay connected to a sport they love. If you like the idea of giving back to your community while earning a few extra bucks, chances are you'd look good in stripes too. We want to hear from you. We need to hear from you. No officials means no games. No stripes means no stars. And what kind of America would that be? Minnesota needs more high school officials. Go to highschoolofficials.com to sign up or learn more. That's highschoolofficials.com. Arby's Computer.
You and your business are online today more than ever. Most people are working from home and meeting via Internet, and that means IT structures are overtaxed and Wi-Fi is humming. An outage in one of your critical systems now could be a fatal blow to your operation. Arby's Computer Service is ready and able to help. Their staff is standing by and prepared to offer assistance. If your business IT system experiences a failure, give Arby's a call. Their professional team of certified computer and networking specialists is experienced in diagnosing and solving a wide range of issues. With Arby's Computer Service on the job, you'll never have to worry about dealing with IT-related issues on your own, whether it's for your personal system or business. Arby's Computer Service knows that Internet traffic is surging, and they're available now to help. You'll always get competitive pricing, trustworthy advice, and excellent customer service from Randy and his team at Arby's Computer Service. Giving your computer problems the boots. Arby's Computer Service. 